Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, Regina's only downtown brewery. So a big milestone reached this week, John, as uh, once again we've learned that there is fewer than 100 days until the Grey Cup in Edmonton. I know I'm planning to be there, and I believe you talked about joining me there as part of Three Down Nations coverage for the Grey Cup this year. We'll probably do a podcast there at some point or another, maybe late at night in one of the parties. We'll we'll see how that works out for us, but most importantly, we know... Probably gold. Solid gold. Absolutely. What could go wrong? So Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So that means that once again this year, the Grey Cup fit up is on once again, as we've seen CFL types and podcasters and bloggers all getting involved in this once again. And John, we are here to announce that we will not be doing that. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I have way too much going on to even try to hope to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I just try to stay just in shape enough that I don't have a heart attack while playing slow pitch. That is a pretty low bar, so... (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, so far through this season, I've played one game, and I'm still kicking. So if you have any ideas out there for what John and I could do instead of uh, 100 days of working out, like, I don't know, we have to eat a bag of chips every day until the Grey Cup, or we have to, well, I'm probably going to do this one anyway, drink a beer or two every day before the Grey Cup, because, uh, I mean, that one won't be much of a challenge. So we're... We're open, to, we're open to new ideas and suggestions as to what maybe we could do for the people who are workout adverse. We don't really like being forced to work out. We kind of like to trick ourselves by playing sports and picking up things at work and that sort of thing. Right, right. I, I, I think this is a fantastic idea. We can be the face of the guys who don't want to be shamed into looking good for Grey Cup. But I think I, think I know why everybody does it, Joel. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. You go to Grey Cup, you see a lot of people there, you go out, you have the drinks, you're at the parties, and I've never tried to have a Grey Cup romance, but I could imagine it'd be pretty easy. You know, 2 a.m. after too many pills in Ryderville, could be like, hey, you're looking good in your George Reed jersey. 
I have a George Reed jersey. Let's make out. You want to look good for that. Nah. So, on behalf of all the married dudes slash dad bods that can go to Grey Cup and be fat and happy, we need your ideas. We can be the faces or the bodies. The guts. Yes. We are the guts of, the, of this movement. That's right. Of the anti... Because every, every party needs a token fat guy that can do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> so on that note, as we uh, continue to count down to this year's Grey Cup in honor of our 100-day challenge, uh, John, uh, what's in the glass this week? Uh, I'm going back to another classic by the people that sponsor us that I had to go buy at a store because I completely forgot to meet up with you <laughs> after the Ryder game on Sunday to pick up my sponsored beer, um, I'm going with just the usual, uh, again, the white IPA from uh, Pile of Bones. It's still warm outside today. A little bit of a backup to 2728, so I had to pick myself up some. That's absolutely fair. Um, I'm also drinking the white IPA, but that's uh, because I have some other beer in the fridge, too. But it's the new Rebellion Double IPA, which I am Ooh. super stoked to try. Mark tells me it's outstanding. Um but it does come in at 8.2%, so I was like, that's an after-podcast beer. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> after-podcast. Unless we're going to go with the concept of us possibly recording a Grey Cup. And where you're just like, we're both pie-eyed on, on craft beers and seeing what happens. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully there are some parties in, in Edmonton that allow craft beer. You know, we will be like, We'll be like those guys. One of us will be in a trench coat that you just stand outside the party. Hey, kid, you want some pile of bones? in my jacket you want to buy oh it'd be, it, we'd be, we'll be at edmonton's so it would probably be like bench creek or something like that oh no if, if i'm gonna be in a legal trench coat beer <laughs> smuggling salesman it's gonna come with me all the way from saskatoon and i guess that's fair gotta gotta double up on the illegal you know you gotta be selling saskatchewan beer in alberta illegally out of a trench coat in the back alley hoping that nobody robs you yeah, I could see that being quite dangerous if people found out that you had a, a trench coat full of beer all of a sudden. Although, would it prevent stabbings? Depends how big the knife is. Mm, right, right. So as long as I don't run into Crocodile Dundee, I should be okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's probably fair. So okay. there, there's, there's a lot to get to, as always, in this episode. Uh, before we get to all that, I'm just going to say one thing. Shout out to Three Down Nations' Josh Smith. It's been a few weeks since we mentioned our number one fan. He made sure we pointed that. He made sure to point that out to us after our last episode. In fairness, we had a lot of different things to talk about in last episode that didn't involve anything to do with the CFL other than the Riders. So it kind of slipped our minds. So Josh, thanks for listening, bud. That's right. It's the three down nation. I know what we need to do. We need to do like what they do at like some minor sports events or some national championships. Yeah. We are the three down nation. Greencast brought to you by Pile of Bones, presented by Josh Smith's Beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. that. Or, or, yeah. or, or, Pile of Bones sponsors the Three Down Nation Greencast, but we record on Josh Smith hard drive. No. I don't. I, I don't understand how that one works. I think no, it's like the, the physics are beyond Taylor me on that. Mosaic Stadium, you know, hey. I, if I if we can put a name on it, I can sell it. 
Oh, kind of like uh, the brick field at Commonwealth, is what you're saying. There you go. That's that's, uh, that's okay. what I'm trying to make it up. Yeah, I get it. Maybe I should open that 8.2% beer. Clearly, I am very with it right now. <laughs> hey, I want beer number four today. Wow. Did you not work yeah, today? I'm not. Uh, no. Uh, a couple beers after work, a couple beers with supper, and a beer before podcasting. So um, I'm not angry, so I can have some beers before podcasting, because there's, there's nothing really to be angry about in Rider Nation this week. No, absolutely not. As we saw last week on Sunday against the Calgary Stampeders, the Riders clearly played their best game of the season. In all three facets, they had their best game. And, you know, we usually we love to say, we love to talk about the game, but I don't really know what there is to talk about because talking about that thorough of a beatdown, which... The score doesn't really reflect how dominant really they were at times in that game. Because like a couple weeks ago when I wrote the piece on 3 Down Nation about how the Riders flipped the script on Calgary because Calgary ran out to that lead a few weeks ago and it was 24 nothing after the first quarter and the game was essentially over so the Riders kind of clawed back into it. But once you're up that much, teams kind of lay off a little bit and it's not really the same. So that's kind of what happened in this game as well is sort of how I felt about it. But yeah, like you, you got the feeling right away that this was that something was going to happen in this game because the Riders got the ball right away. And usually you're thinking, oh, great, here comes the 2-0 and out to open the game. Calgary probably comes yeah. back and scores. Instead, they put together this masterful drive that went all the way down to basically the goal line. The only flaw in that drive and the second drive, which was also great, was they just didn't finish. And that's really the only thing we could nitpick about in this game at that point because if they score on those two drives, if they put... 14 on the board instead of six that game's already over oh oh certainly but it was the see i was you were in the press box for this one and i was actually i had the the fortune of uh, i purchased i was there with my mother and father-in-law my nearly three-year-old son and my wife and we managed to get tickets three rows behind the rider bench at about the 40 yard line so had a great view for the game and once you that also really had a great view of Chris Jones not wearing black on the sideline for the first time. Right? You texted me, and while trying to <laughs> fumble with the kid and my beers and my food, I get the text, you've come to a historic game, and I'm like, what am I missing? I haven't been on Twitter for half an hour. What the hell's going on? And you said, Chris Jones is wearing green. And I looked, and I'm like, huh. And my father-in-law said, I'm waiting three years to come watch Chris Jones, and I expected him to see him wearing black. <laughs> then then was he funny, his beer so- and... Some of my coworkers were at the game as well, like in my actual day job. And yeah. so they were in Pill Country. I met up with them in the, the little party in the park there that goes on the little tailgating thing. And I saw like two yeah. guys dressed like Chris Jones. They had like the whole done up shirt and the black and one guy even had the headset and everything. They yeah. were probably disappointed too when they got into the stadium. And Chris Jones is wearing green. Now we will get into it a little bit later. Chris Jones was wearing green for a very good reason. So this isn't like yes. we're not just making fun of him because he's wearing green. There's actually a really good reason for him to doing that, and we'll get into that whole campaign. And I have a few things I want to say about that later on. But back to you, John. You're you're you're, you're the ang- you're the angry one for one. So no, it, it was <laughs> it, it was great uh, to to be on the field, and I cannot say enough good things about the game day experience at New Mosaic Stadium. But uh, what I found mo- very impressive was from where I was, I, you could really hear everything that was taking place on the field. I didn't need the TSN live mic game. Um, and to watch the poise on those opening two drives that Zach Caleros has. He walks up to the line, 
calls out his play and and watching the game back mostly because I'm a narcissist and I'm trying to spot myself in the stands. Um, (laughs) Watching it back a little bit, um, you could just see like it was audible after audible. Calgary was trying to throw some unique fronts at him. He sniffed it out. He knew where to go. And there is the big reason. Again, I don't think Zach Caleros was a dominant player in that game. He was very, very, very good. But he did exactly what the riders need him to do, find the best target. And, and I mean, he really made a star of, of Mr. Old Three Names there, just fighting, f- throwing him open, not making the mistakes, recognizing the coverage and recognizing what he was being given. Uh, I just I was so impressed by watching Zach Caleros and, and the job he did up close. Absolutely. And I, I think that's that shows the stark contrast of where this offense is headed under him compared to what we saw under Brandon Bridge and uh, Watford, there's a certain level of confidence and poise that you see. And so I wrote it on the piece after. Uh, The offense clearly had their best game of the year. They did what they had to do in that football game, and that's great because they they were spotted 14 points by the defense. And special teams, more often than not, you do that. You don't need a whole lot from your offense to win a football game, especially with what I think is currently the best defense in the CFL. So Yes. And I know a lot of people in Calgary might get upset about that. That's no disrespect to what their defense has done this year. But if we were to power rank the defense defenses right now, I would probably say the Riders have won Calgary too. It's close. I wouldn't disagree if you still put Calgary up there. But I, to me, that's where it's at right now. And we saw that again in that game because to me, the offense was okay. I still don't know if they can win them a football game if they have to because the offense, because the defense has an off week. But... They did what they had to do. Zach Caleros was calm. He was poised. He made plays that he had to. And most importantly, they didn't turn over the football, really. They had, like, one fumble, but the defense covered it up, and there was no issues there. So they did what they had to do, and that defense, even though the— and I I know Chris Jones sort of talked about it a little bit after the game about the fact that the yardage for Calgary was up compared to the last time they played. Yeah, okay, there were some chunk plays in there where they picked up some yards, but it is very rare— that you see Bo Levi Mitchell as disoriented as he was in that game, you're used to seeing Calgary's offensive line be among the best in the league, if not the best in the league, week in and week out. You're used to seeing Bo get the ball out quick, and it's it's yep. hard to get pressure on him, but there they were in his kitchen all night long, and they just didn't have an answer for it, and that, that is what won them the football game. Oh, oh 100%. And it, it's funny, Joel, I think... Under Zach Caleros, I, I'm starting to come around a little bit on the defense. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to th- – or the offense, pardon me. I think that they do have the tools there that they're still trying to figure out. I think they have the tools there that, if necessary, they can win them a game. I really like the two running backs. I thought both of them, uh, against most other teams of the CFL – are probably busting out a couple 10, 20-yard runs. They were running the ball enough to keep them keep them good. Uh, Jordan Williams-Lambert is is looking like he has the makings of another star CFL receiver. Naaman Roosevelt was doing his stuff. I mean, let's not forget, they just hung, you know, they just managed to put up steady, consistent drives on the, by, by every measurable metric 
the CFL's best defense. I'm with you. I think the Riders might have the edge just because of their ability to get pressure on Bo Levi Mitchell. Like it just, it looked like that defensive line, no matter who was there, was flying at 100 miles an hour. That pocket was collapsing the entire night. And the Riders, I was pleasantly surprised too, as we've we've spoken out against some of the, you know some of the O line play so far this year. They did a really good job of just making sure Caleros had time and. I, I thought Caleros, too, when there was pressure, he was running away from it. He was stepping up in the pocket, and he looked like he looked like what you, what you need your quarterback to look like. And it, it just it was it was so impressive. And the other thing I found too with the offense that was interesting to me is the comments that Deron Carter had made about you know the no fun offense and everybody's you know kind of down on themselves and it's very stiff and rigid. Um, I have nothing to compare it on, and I'll be the first to say that, but. From my position, directly behind their bench, three rows up, that unit seemed like they were having a ton of fun. Like, you can definitely see there's a little more swagger, a little bit more relax, a little bit more great attitudes with the defense. Again, that's because they're good and they know they are, but that offense really seemed to be gelling. You could see the guys talking to each other in in a positive way and and lifting each other up, and just it looked like they were having fun now. Win, winning, winning and playing well helps with that oh, 100%. If they were crapping the bed like we've seen in the past, would you have still seen that? I don't know. No. No, abs- absolutely not. And I'm not sitting here trying to say, oh, yeah, Robble, 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 this is a Deron Carter return, Rob Bag. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I, I no. almost wonder if if they're starting to figure it out that, yeah, maybe the dictatorship isn't working. Maybe we need to figure this out. We have some veteran guys there that know what they're doing. I mean, I I could have swore Zach Caleros called half the plays, at least in that first half alone. It's it's entirely possible. And like I said, the, the offense, it looked okay. They looked their best. They did what they had to do. So the question that has kind of evolved from this football game, and I heard it a lot on the CJME, CKOM Green Zone postgame show as I was driving home from the stadium when I left, was the question was now, where is this team headed? Do you believe that this is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders now? That this wasn't just... You know, what they do sometimes. You know, we've seen it time and time again where they head into a week where it looks like everything is going against them. It's a zoo. It's a gong show. There is a 0% chance that anyone should ever pick them to win that football game. And so naturally, of course, they win because that's what they do. And so yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I, I thought about it. It crossed my mind. I should have done it, but I didn't. So is it that? Is this team actually headed in a direction now that you can believe in or as Belton Johnson thinks on there, and I agree with him, do you need to see it a few more times before you start to believe? Because we've seen them win the impossible game and then follow it up with a mess. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Belton Johnson on that one. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is a team that has both lost to Montreal and beaten the Stampeders in, one year, in the same couple weeks stretch now again that's with and without their starting quarterback and I think the Caleros effect is is more massive on this team than than I think anybody really anticipated it would be I mean you're going from a it it just it just seems like the poise seems to follow Caleros especially on offense right so I need to see it and Everybody could say it was close against Edmonton. It was close against Calgary the first go around, you know, on the, on the score sheet. But 
I just I, I think I need to see it. I think I need to see them reel off three in a row here. I mean, and they're kind of setting up to be in a position to do that. The Labor Day Classic more often than not goes their direction anyways, no matter seemingly how good or how bad the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are. So chalk that one up as a should slash must win. Win this week. There's a little three game winning streak for you. Yeah, well, I think this week they have to beat BC because you need yes. to create that separation. With not only to prove it, I think they need to beat BC and they need to they need to throttle them and show that they are clearly a much better team than BC, who have shown improvements this year and are still very much in the conversation for a playoff picture spot, especially if they happen to beat the Riders this week. So, a lot of it, to me, a lot of it will depend on how this week goes. If they kind of luck their way to a win or they lose, then I'm like, well. This team is still what we thought it was for a while, which is they just kind of tread water all year, and they might get there, they might not. We don't really know what they are. We've seen that before. That's kind of been the MO of the Chris Jones riders for the most part. So we're looking for them now to take that step. And for them to do that, they need to beat BC pretty handily. And, you know, I think think big picture, if they can win both against Winnipeg, that's probably the only way they're really going to get toward hosting a home playoff game. But right. they need to win two of their next three for sure and play well in that loss, likely in the Banjo Bowl, to show to me that, okay, yes, this team is for real. They're making a run of some kind here. This isn't just they had a great game against a big rival that they felt that they let they lost they beat themselves a couple times ago so there was all these emotions of the moment and everything going on so they put it all together once if they do it a few more times then we'll be having a different conversation about this team not only just kind of being a playoff bubble team but potentially making a pretty big run in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that, Joel. I, I, I would think they need to make a statement this week coming up against BC and do do your job on Labor Day against the Bombers. And then, again, it's going to be hard to say this team isn't for real if they can win the next three in a row. One of them we're already basically saying, okay, we, we know they're going to get it. This game against BC, the way their defenses look, they should they should win this game against BC. So it's, We've seen them lose games they should win before, I, though. I know, and as soon as I say that, I think to myself, you know, we're saying they should win Labor Day because they always win Labor Day. They should beat BC. This game this weekend is is going to be very fascinating to me. You know, what what's the reaction? Does the defense come with pressure again? They always, it seems like BC teams playing there. I don't know if it's maybe just because I'm half awake or half in the bag or, you know, I had to one too many one too many drinks, but it always seems like there's a low energy associated with that game from everybody's kind of standpoint. So I'd like to see them go out, and I don't I I don't think they need to to hand BC like beat them up and take their lunch money. I I think even if they just go out and win a solid good football game, they'll have continue to establish that they are amongst you know the better teams in the league rather than what they've kind of looked like at times i.e against montreal in which we all thought the sky was falling yeah yeah that that's that's probably true and it's, it's going to be a challenge heading into bc it's always tough going there and it's important to note that the lions are undefeated at home this year so clearly whatever they're doing at home right now is working and the riders have struggled a little against the west and they've struggled a little on the road and so this this is a big game for them to prove that they've, they're growing because football, like all other sports, your regular season is a process. It's not about where you start, yeah. it's where you finish. 
And this is a week where they need to prove that they've taken a step from being that sort of bubble on and off team to a team that is going to consistently win football games. Does that mean they're going to win out the rest of the year? No. But they need to show that they could do that and be at least a threat to possibly do it, not necessarily do it. So it all starts this week against BC. And the, the, the other thing that they need to watch out for, and we've seen it time and time again, considering how emotional that game was and how big of a win over a longtime rival it was, we've seen teams, and we've seen the NFL a lot, you come off that big rivalry win against a team, and you play another team yep. that you maybe don't quite have that same feeling for, and you fall flat. Yep. So it's, it's hard to recreate the magic of the, and the emotion of that one game against the Calgary Stampeders because you're really jacked up to play the Calgary Stampeders, and you follow it up the next week on the road in a place where there's maybe going to be 13,000 people there. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of empty. It's quiet, other than the sound they pipe in. And <laughs> you just, it's just it, doesn't, it doesn't manifest itself the same way. And so I feel like in that regard, even just that alone is going to make this game a struggle, and that's something they're going to have to mentally prepare for and overcome heading into this game. Yeah, and and I would agree with all of that. I think I think big picture, it was okay, and I think the fan base was okay, and I think people that cover the team were okay with the team playing well but losing against Calgary and Edmonton in the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can be okay with playing well and losing against BC. This is one that if you want to continue making that upward trend, this is one you have to win. Yeah, and I I, th I think even just for the sake of of keeping it uh, that your chances of getting at least a crossover spot secure, you need to win this game yeah. because you're I think they're only a game up on BC right now. So yeah. you lose that game, all of a sudden you're tied again. BC currently holds the tiebreaker with the game to go, so it becomes a little wishy-washy. And you know, does B and who knows where BC is going to go from here? Maybe they start winning football games, and you need that edge with the head-to-head -head win. It's funny how similar BC and Saskatchewan have seemingly been this year. Mm -hmm. You never know what you're getting out of either one of them any week. Well, isn't isn't that like other than? For the most part, we're talking big picture here. Don't don't think about just the last game. That's to me, and I've had this conversation with people. I actually ran into the writers, former Canadian scout Craig Smith at the Regina Farmers Market this week, and yeah. we talked a little bit CFL. And he was like, "Man, did Winnipeg get their butts whipped last week? Uh, last night?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "But then, man, that's that's just the CFL this year. You yeah. have you have Calgary clearly at one, you have Montreal clearly at nine, and in between that, that two and eight, anything can happen." Any week, and while for those of us who are asked to make predictions every week, it makes it very aggravating because you don't know what the heck to do, or just when you think you have it figured out, something else happens from yeah. a fan perspective. It's amazing because you really don't know, unless Calgary, play, Calgary is playing Montreal, you really don't know what's going to happen every game. But the funny thing is, with, with the way the Calgary's looked starting in the game against Saskatchewan, you know, with the late near comeback and then, of course, losing to Saskatchewan. They're not looking as invincible as they did in game, say, one through five. And I honestly think that Montreal has been written off to the point that, like, they give Edmonton a game. Now, that's a classic trap game for Edmonton. But still, I think maybe one and nine are getting a little closer to the two and eight cluster <laughs> that's been uh, going on. And that's also our debut of the new, the new sound, sound that we're going to 
that Joel's going to edit in whenever John makes it. John drops a swear word that we can't air on the podcast. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree. I think the, the margins are shrinking a little bit at the top, but maybe more so on Calgary's end than Montreal's. I think Montreal is still going to continue to find a way to lose football games. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Calgary, they're going to have a lull at some point during the season. They weren't going to play at the level that they did. And frankly, I think if they actually want to win the Grey Cup, they actually need to find some adversity and learn how to overcome it yeah. because we saw it in that football game. When stuff start goes wrong, and we've seen it before in Grey Cups and stuff for them, they just they can't pull it together when when you know stuff starts to hit the fan for them. It just they they lose their composure and they turn into a weird football team. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I see you didn't swear because you didn't want to hear the horrible noise of me clearing my throat again. No, and I also know how to censor myself from time to time, oh, especially oh, when too. there's you know the old radio rule: if there's a microphone in front of you, don't swear, right? However, I do know that, but you also told me before this podcast, after you caught the audio clip of me clearing my throat, that that's the new censoring ourselves sound. Um, I had to drop one in there just to hear it. Whatever you need to make yourself feel better for uh, breaking our rule that we don't really need to have. I don't know. I don't really know the rules of the site. I'm pretty sure swearing's probably actually okay because we're on the internet, but we generally like to keep it clean. It's it's true. We, we generally like the kids. However, speaking of swearing, keeping it clean... Joel, you were texting me that you're a little fired up about some of the um, more low-brow, I would call it idiotic reaction to the CFL's Diversity of Strength campaign. My friend, you have the floor because I have no way of stopping you. <laughs> so, when we get into this, um, this is a almost a commentary on kind of what's going on in the world in general right now and how politicized, for some reason, everything has to be. Yeah. No matter which side of the spectrum you fall on, there are people who are so hyper, they're so, they're so entrenched in their sides, and they're hyper-political, and it's, you know, it's my way or the highway, it's my party, and all they need to do is win, and it just, it drives me up the dang wall, because there was, there was the responses, and there were people who were tweeting at teams and at the CFL that, oh, this is all some big ruse because of Justin Trudeau and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, hold your damn horses. They started planning this campaign well over a year ago, before, the, probably even before the last election, before Donald Trump was president for the United States. Like, this was something they were working on last offseason because they had the t-shirts, they had everything ready to go, they had this great marketing campaign around it. And so then Donald Trump starts being a racist in America, so they decide to move it up a little bit last year. And it goes over so well that they decide to bring it back. And I think, and when I'm, when we're complaining about these people, it's just the vocal minority who, for some reason, just see politics as a sport, or they just don't want politics and sport, and I'll touch on that in a second, too. But, especially with this one, this isn't a political issue. This isn't about any specific party. This isn't about any specific policy. This isn't about any specific platform. Essentially, this is, hey, treat everyone equally and treat everyone nicely. How is that some kind of political idea? It's a freaking, just a good idea in general, whether you're conservative, NDP, liberal, libertarian, Green Party, rhinoceros party, it doesn't matter. Like, I just can't wrap my head around how for some reason people think that treating everyone nicely is somehow this idea of the left. 
Well, if that is, then call me a freaking communist because, yeah, we should treat everyone nicely. What a novel idea. You know? Show, show your commie bastard being a decent human being. Right? And then there's this idea that, okay, even if this was political, it's not. But anyway, even if it was, sports and politics have always been intertwined in certain ways. Mm-hmm. There's always been things that have happened in sports. Like Jackie Robinson was kind of a political thing. There was mm-hmm. the American athletes at the Olympics who raised their fists during uh, you know unrest in the states. Like this is not new. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to get into this, and you know, I'm not saying I agree with what I'm about to say. I'm just kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. If you really mm-hmm. want to take politics completely out of sports, you know, it said no politics zone ever, 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 ever. Okay. No more national anthem before the game. No yes. more military appreciation nights. No more yes. recognizing Remembrance Day. The people yes. who say that this is a bad political thing don't have any problems with those ones because it fits their nice little political window. And I said it on Twitter where I said, okay, anyone who has a problem with diversity is strength because it's a political issue in sports probably wouldn't have an issue if the CFL came out with a tax cuts are awesome week. Because it fits in their little window. You know, business tax cuts are great week in the CFL. Would go over great probably uh, amongst these people who, who for some reason think that this is some kind of scheme put together by the CFL and Justin Trudeau to force everyone to love each other or something. I don't know. It's, you're bang on, man. It's, it's just, it's, it's so foreign to me and so lacking that people find a way to take offense to a campaign that is strictly like my political beliefs generally do not align with Justin Trudeau. But I am the first one to say I love diversity of strength because there's no damn correlation between the two. Be a good human. Mm-hmm. Just, that's all I'm saying. That's what the shirts might as well say. Don't be dicks to each other. Like, <laughs> how can you not get behind this? I mean... You don't have to go and spend 30 bucks on the shirt if you don't want. Which, by the way, I tried to go spend 30 bucks on a shirt, and the Rider store was completely sold out. Probably because Chris Jones was wearing them. Probably. Probably. <laughs> That's as soon as I saw it, I'm like, well, I figured as a non-Saskatchewan fan living in Saskatchewan, I decided, you know, it's my son's first game. I'm there with the family. I'll wear some green. So I wore a green Winnipeg Jets t-shirt, and I'm like, you know what? This would be my way of saying, hey, it's a green shirt, diversity is strength, Hughes is a beauty, and I uh, couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't find a shirt. I mean, they, they had, like, small human sizes and, like, yeah. very large human sizes, not slightly large human sizes. Well, if, uh, if our plan works, then maybe by the time Grey Cup rolls around, you will fit into the large human sizes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.